It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, it's just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB and J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Huh. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Weitz. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas here on ESPN Central Texas. Ward Weitz, Cameron Stewart, and Aaron along with you. 35-17, UTSA gets their first bowl win in school history last night against Marshall. How about that in Frisco? Told you, Jeff Trailer not afraid of Marshall. Not at all. Not the Mavericks. I, not the herd. <laughs> and I really do root for that it's guy. It was, I, it was good to see. He seems like a genuinely nice, great guy. Mm-hmm. He's, as we talked about yesterday, he stayed at UTSA despite some really good offers from Power 5 schools. And he's easy to root for. He really is. He really Coming is. from the high school ranks and, and having success at, I would say, a place that's never had it, but they haven't had a Division One football team. For a full decade, I don't think so. No, they have. You know, to bring that kind of success to that young of a program, pretty incredible. Played well and, last night. And they, yeah, they took care of business. It did. They take. It, it didn't take, take an early lead mm-hmm. uh, in that second quarter. Just didn't look back from there. Did not at all. Played well, and you look at a couple of quarterbacks with some pedigree underneath their belts for both uh, sides for UTSA and for Marshall, and you still see UTSA just being able to do what they've been able to do for the past couple of years, really. I mean, I think that this program has really stretched itself into a very positive in the past two years. I think they've done well in the past three or four, but in the past two years, it's really starting to show a little bit. And in National Signing Day today, how much does that bowl win help UTSA in their recruiting opportunities coming up I think it's huge I think it is too uh mainly because it is such a tough place to recruit for like we talked about yesterday it's 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 not an easy place still even with success so anytime you get those quote-unquote minor successes which look this is the first bowl win in their history I can't say that's a minor success but that is always going to help bolster your recruiting base in these early days of of a program and he's really smart the way he's doing it he knows he can't compete in the transfer portal for most of the guys Mm because most of them want to go to power five schools they're leaving group of five schools to go to power five schools and i don't think that utsa has the nil to compete with most power five schools so he is leaning even heavier into high school which with so many players in the transfer portal he's going to be able to get better high school recruits now he's just got to keep them you know and keep them from entering the transfer portal after they've done well at UTSA, but he's done a great job on the recruiting trail as well. I think that's a good point in there, by the way, of of the difference of high school kids now with the transfer portal opening. I mean, we see it at Oregon. They just pulled two of the top recruits, quarterback recruits in the transfer portal over a week. And so now you're thinking, well, 
you know, who are they actually recruiting out of high school and where do those kids go now? You know, they just get this dropped on them in December. So that does change a lot for the high school part of things, too. I think that's something that we don't kind of realize of what the portal can do for high school recruiting, especially at a school like UTSA. Well, and and the high school recruiting right now is so difficult because of the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's changed the game. A lot of kids are having trouble finding scholarships. They are. They're absolutely wouldn't. Would have had no trouble finding them five years ago. No, not at all. They would have been top ten in their class. Right. And they're not because coaches are going in the direction of, hey, I can get this guy. He's going to be eligible. He's got 20 games under his belt. Uh, He's going to be a senior. He's going to be a graduate. He's played three years at a collegiate level. Why wouldn't you go with that direction? Right, right. I mean, if you're one of these schools like in Oregon or in Oklahoma who sees a lot go but, out the door every year, how much do you need to recruit high school anymore? If, if there's not going to be any parameters on the transfer portal and we're going to see thousands of, of student-athletes enter it every year, then why? To your point, just bring in the kids who we know. School. And that's unfortunate for the high school kids right now. Yeah. And they're having a hard time finding a place to land unless you're – a very, very the top of special, the top. Yeah. yeah, special talent. You're still going to get those opportunities, but you also have to know, even if you're a special talent, sometimes you might get that opportunity and get a scholarship, but you're going to have to sit on the sidelines for a while. Well, and that 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 brings me to another point I wanted to make is if you're a top high school quarterback and Oregon calls you now, are are you talking to them for the two? Se- no, <laughs> I'm 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 picking it up and saying don't call me anymore. Like, I, you know, we've you you see with what happened to Austin Novosad that they have no problem with bringing in multiple transfer portal right. quarterbacks yeah. after they've signed you as a top high school quarterback. The top two quarterbacks in the portal. Yeah, it's incredible. It's so I mean, he's you know, if you're Austin Novosad, he may stay through the bowl game because he may play some in the bowl game, but he's not going to be at Oregon after that. No, I mean, why would you? Why would you? Because no. it's not, it, and and it's not just hey, I don't want to compete for my job. But when they bring in the top two quarterbacks, one of whom has been an, a, a star for four seasons, and Dylan Gabriel, it's just they don't have a place for high school quarterbacks. And I think it probably falls to quarterback the most of just how important I, that I position think, is. Yeah, I think you're right. I, In terms of the high profile guys, I, I should think say. you're 100 percent right. That's the position that changes the game in the transfer portal more than any other. Yeah. Only one of them up, on the field. You can you can pick up receivers, you can pick mm-hmm. up linemen, you can pick up linebackers, you can pick up DBs, and that's okay. But the ones that are taught it after the most are the quarterbacks that have the minutes under their belt. I mean, it, it just is. I mean, there's no substitute for an experienced quarterback, of course, and I think just that – just the mathematics of this. There's only one on the field. Mm-hmm. And that goes both ways in terms of teams are saying, well, this is the most important position. I need to go out and get someone. And the guy, I'll, I'll use Taylor Green at Boise State. Has right. a pretty good year. You know, nothing like earth shattering, but has a good year. He's a sophomore. And he thinks, well, I mean, every year, teams, bigger teams are going to the to the portal for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I, I, almost they need me more than I need them. From a quarterback standpoint. Absolutely. And the other positions are different, I know. But speaking specifically of quarterbacks, I think a lot of them are having that kind of mentality. And that goes up to, I mean, the kid from Washington State, Mm -hmm. Cam Ward. 
yeah. has a great year. And Washington State's 5-7. and seven. And that's certainly a program that could turn around to be 8-4 next year with a stud quarterback like that. But he's like, well, you know, uh, you know, just whomever. Michigan needs me more than I need them. Or, or North Carolina needs me. You know, so it, it just, at that position specifically, it just changes the game with the transfer portal. And not to sound cliche there, but uh, that position more than any other else has just seen such a drastic change in college football with the with the transfer portal. Well, I, I think it, it absolutely has. And, and look, who, who has their hands on the ball every snap? It's the quarterback. Yeah. And so, I don't think they're paying that premium for centers. That's, no, they're not. <laughs> they're absolutely not. And... I don't know. I think the NIL has hurt it a little bit more, too, as well, because guys go, okay, where can I go to get the most bang for my buck? Mm-hmm. It's not about just, hey, I need a I need a starting job because, like, Gabriel going yeah. from Oklahoma to Oregon. One of the best jobs in the country, I, quarterback in Oklahoma. Yeah. And, get much better than that. That was nothing but NIL. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, in my humble opinion, that we're in free agency now in college football, and it's it's not – to me, it's not good for the game. Now, get off my lawn, kid. I get it. I'm old. I don't <laughs> care. But I, I don't think it's good for the game in the long run. Well, I mean, I would agree, and I think – I think most of uh, us young people that I'm putting very liberally here um, <laughs> with my age will, will agree. Uh, it's just more so of the fact that this is what it is. And, and this, I, is, I know it, this and I, is the NCAA's fault. Yes. This is nobody else yes. but the NCAA's yeah. fault because they didn't have the cojones to say, okay, here's how it's going to be. Let's put something in place. Yes. Yeah. We're just going to let this thing open up and it's going to be the wild, wild west. And I said that from the beginning, this is going to be an absolute disaster for college football because it's going to be no holes barred. Anything yeah. goes. And I think it's hurt the game a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I still want to be of that ilk of like, man, they've got to put some regulations on it at some point. But if now, so you're, how to do your you point, put the three years into the this, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know how you do that now. And now the NCAA is trying to get ahead of it. The, the next problem, so to speak, of the, the super conferences and trying to do their own subdivision, that that's them learning their lesson, whether that's good or bad. That's them learning their lesson of we did not get ahead of NIL. We did not get ahead of paying players. And now it has drastically changed the landscape of, of our organization here, specifically football. Obviously, that's the biggest one. But it's just... Well, that's the moneymaker. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it's been most drastic. And it's the one we pay attention to the most. Right. And if they had just gotten ahead of this 10, 15 years ago almost when this came out with Ed O'Bannon and tried to put some regulations on it, this would we'd be having such a different discussion now. But now what, to the point of I don't know where it goes. What happened to the NCAA? How did it – I mean, is the court rulings that beat them down so bad they finally just said – I'm waving the white flag. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to be the governing body. I mean, I don't know what happened to the NCAA because it used to carry a heavy hammer. Yeah. It doesn't anymore. Doesn't. And it's almost I think Ill- people just figured it out. It's yep. almost irrelevant. Yeah. Just completely I mean, it's almost like a French revolution that's happened to them. You know, well, the workers it, of the world a, have united and they don't know how to respond to it. And they missed it. They missed their shot too. Well, and that's that's a 
pretty apt comparison because they were basically the whole time saying, let them eat cake. Yeah. Because yes, they, that's could, what the NCAA was. they thought that they, they had ultimate power. They would always have ultimate power and mm-hmm. they could do exactly what they wanted. And then when that court ruling came down, they were a hundred percent unprepared for it. It's shown. And they've been the NCAA as a whole has been a disaster ever since that court ruling because they're playing catch up because they were, again, I, I don't, it was the hubris that the NCAA had. Mm-hmm. They just thought that they were above it all. And then the, the, the courts were like, no, you're not. As a matter of fact, um, you're doing a lot of things wrong. And they haven't recovered since. And yeah, they bring won't. it to the courts the was NCAA the NCAA's worst done. nightmare. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time I, before the NCAA is done. I, I can't disagree with that. I really can't. And it's unfortunate, in my opinion. All right, coming up next, let's talk some Cowboys. Cowboys getting ready to take on the Dolphins. R.J. Ochoa, Blogging the Boys, joins us next in the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Jim Haller, our guest. Well, first of all, it's hard to believe that I never coached a game in there and it's been open 36 years. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) But I tell you, I've enjoyed that arena. It's brought a lot of great memories to Baylor fans. And as great as it's been, I am so excited about what the Foster Pavilion can mean for the future of both of these programs. Tune in to the Voice of the Bears weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m. here on ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. Does your company need CDL drivers? We can help. ATDS assists companies with training their employees to obtain their CDL license to fill driving positions. There's somewhat freight to be hauled and not enough drivers to keep up with the demand, especially since it's a requirement to attend a truck driving school now to get your CDL license. ATDS trains drivers for over 20 different companies. They can obtain their CDL license in as little as 20 days and be on the road working immediately. Our only requirement is that you must have a valid Texas driver's license, no outstanding tickets or warrants, and you must be able to pass a drug screen and DOT physical. We train and test on manual transmissions, which sets us apart from other schools in the area. We do not want our students to have an automatic restriction on their license. We start a new class every two weeks, and we also have weekend classes available. Call us at 254-829-1694 to get your employees enrolled to obtain their CDL license. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. 
Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at Diamore Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine Diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by Diamori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. Diamori Fine Jewelers at diamorifinejewelers.com. Right now, you can save thousands on a newer used boat at Marineland Boating Center's Christmas Clearance Sale. Why settle for ordinary gifts when you can give your family the ultimate gift? Years of happiness, bonding, and fun on the water. Our year-end sale is the best time to buy a boat at incredibly low prices as we make room for 2024. At Marineland's Christmas Clearance Sale, you can get up to $12,000 off select boats, thousands of dollars in cash back, thousands of dollars worth of free accessories, discounts on tracker merchandise, and even 6.9% APR financing or a $2,000 Bass Pro gift card with a purchase of a mercury-powered nitro fishing boat. Make 2024 your best year ever by making memories that will last a lifetime on our nationally best-selling boats powered by Mercury Motors. Whether it's fishing trips on a tracker fishing boat, sunset cruises on a sun tracker pontoon, or thrilling water sports on a Tahoe sport boat propelled by powerful Mercury Motor. Make this Christmas unforgettable. Come check out Marineland Boating Center, I-35 and Loop 340. Marineland Boating Center is an authorized WRMG boat dealer. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas here on this wacky Wednesday. It is wacky. It is almost Christmas time. And joining us now from Blogging the Boys, R.J. Ochoa. R.J., the best thing you saw on Sunday night. Um, my wife, uh, is into the latest season of the crown and I kind of caught a glimpse of that. Uh, really all I had going on in my life. (laughs) Cowboys absolutely did not get it done against the Buffalo Bills. And why is this team so good at home and so bad on the road? Is there any explanation that you can give me for that? I really... I think I've landed on as frustrating as it is that it's it's simply coincidence at this point. I mean, okay. you know, the the toughest teams, the toughest games they've had um, have all been road games this year. And while I certainly acknowledge that it's frustrating that they haven't been able to to win any of those those kind of prove it moments, um, you know, what a you know, like fire up the power rankings that came out yesterday from whatever site you prefer. Everybody's got San Francisco number one. They got crushed by them. They obviously lost in Philadelphia, a division rival, great team, and they almost won that game. And the Bills are now like three, four, five, and, and one of the hottest, most surging teams in the league. And so it's it's weird that it happens, but um, I, I can't explain it. I mean, I think if, if you have to say, you know, what is the advantage? It's sleeping in your own bed and eating, your, you know, food out of your kitchen, uh, maybe getting to watch The Crown or whatever your favorite Netflix show in your, your kind of home theater environment, but – it is strange, and it's it's impossible to say that it's not a thing right now. Can the road issues be fixed for this team right now? You know, I think that's what makes Sunday feel a little bit treacherous and a little bit you know scarier than than it might actually be. Um, 
because this is the last road game of serious consequence that they're going to play until they, they go to somebody's house in the playoffs. And it's it's possible. In fact, it's probably likely um, that, that the Week 18 game in, in Washington is going to matter and going to have some significance whether or not they do wind up winning the division. Uh, but even then, you know, you're, you kind of have one one foot in because you're in the playoffs, right? This is so this is your last chance to go somewhere against a 10-win team, a playoff team in all likelihood, uh, and prove that you can beat them. Um, and if they don't, I mean, that is going to be a really loud question. Even if they do wind up the five seed and, and they go down, I don't think you'll be impressed or I'll be impressed. They go to Tampa and beat them in the wild card round. We'll also no. say you can't beat good teams on the road. Um, so that that's what makes this week like the – the, the last practice test before you go take the ACT on Saturday morning. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys with us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. And, R.J., I, I know that you've heard me beat this drum till it almost makes you nauseous, but Dak Prescott cannot be in the MVP conversation, in my opinion. Am I wrong? I think you are. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction. I think, you know, my dad likes to say that, you know, sometimes, you know, one, oh, crap, can wipe out a million attaboys. And right. I think that, um, that that's what happened. And, and he didn't quite have a million, but, but he came pretty close. I mean, and, and they matter. Those things matter. I mean, um, you know, and so I, I don't think that we should throw the baby out with the bathwater or really freak out. They lost to a great team. And Dak was a big reason why. It wasn't the entire reason why, because nobody ever is. Um, but, you know, is anybody sitting here saying that, that Dan Quinn is not one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL because he got ran all over? Is anybody sitting here saying that, that Micah Parsons isn't one of the best edge rushers in the NFL because they couldn't defend the run? Or, you know, Deron Bland stinks because he didn't have a pick six? They got beat, and, you know, it happens. And, and I, I hate that, that all this sounds like making excuses because I don't want to do that. Uh, but is Dak the favorite right now the way he was last week? Obviously not, but... I mean, he has absolutely, for the most part, been the best or one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL since the bye, and I don't think that what happened on Sunday makes that untrue. And I, I agree with that. I mean, you can't take one game and look at it, but to me, I'm still waiting for that Superman cape moment from Dak Prescott where he puts the team on his back and carries them across the finish line, and we just haven't seen that from Dak yet. I would argue we saw that three weeks ago on Thursday okay. Night Football when, when the Cowboys beat the Seahawks. I mean, their world-renowned defense, whose, whose songs we sing all the time, they got worked. I mean, they didn't throw right. a single punt. Um, and all Dak Prescott did was score and score and score and score on every single possession, keeping things alive. Um, and so were the Seahawks the Bills? No. Uh, certainly not now, although Monday night, I think, it gave people a, lot, a little bit more hope <laughs> in Seattle. But, a little bit. Um, yeah, I, and I mean, just because I, I think that he doesn't get credit and, and the Cowboys as a whole don't get credit because the, the sexy moment is the like, okay, the bad guy is destroying New York City. Let me put on my Superman cape. What Dak does is put up a force field around New York and no bad guys ever get in. Like, do, are we holding it against them that they crushed the Eagles by 20 points and, and there wasn't a necessary Superman moment? Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think that's where he doesn't have these like, fourth quarter comeback, you know, situations this season because they've beaten the crap out of teams for the most part. And right. that's way more valuable than obviously the, you know, the kind of dramatic Hollywood movie scene kind of thing. At running back for the Cowboys right now, Tony Pollard is not been exactly what the Cowboys wanted him to be. Is that because of the injuries coming off of? Is that because of the offensive line? 
why has Tony Pollard been a little bit of a disappointment so far this season? You know, I um, I write a stock report article that, that comes out right after games, and so I'm kind of working on it as, as the game is unfolding. And everything was stocked down, obviously, in Buffalo. But, but sometimes I'll, I'll give something a volatile stock, which is not quite a stock up, but, you know, kind of, again, volatile. Um, and I gave that to the run game. That was the only thing that I felt moderately pleased about. And I do think that we're seeing Pollard look maybe not quite like himself last year, but mm-hmm. the, the explosive moments and, and qualities are at least there. You can kind of see it. Um, and, and that to me, you know, I think we are sometimes a little reluctant to say, Hey, you suffered this like catastrophic injury less than a year ago. Why aren't you amazing in September and October? Right. And maybe we were a little bit impatient. I don't know that I would go as far as saying that Tony Pollard is underrated now, but maybe he's overly criticized, if that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. I mean, but coming off that injury, there were were question marks in my mind about him, and I get it. I understand the franchise tag and why you did that because of that injury, and I was pounding the table to do that. But you, you look at what he's been able to do, and you're right. He's kind of starting to come out of it just a little bit over the last few games. I know last week wasn't great, but he still you see those bursts that we haven't seen in maybe the first six or seven ball games this year. I would also offer that he was seeing a tremendous workload in the early parts of the season. I know that we talked about that and I stopped chronicling it because things, you know, kind of leveled out, but through the first like four or five games, he had, I mean, more work than Zeke had had through mm-hmm. the, you know, a season's first four or five games. Um, and so I do think you know, and I think this kind of speaks to where the Cowboys are at um, in an overall sense. I mean, they lost in Buffalo, and that was really frustrating. But when you and I looked at the schedule in April or in August when we chatted when I was in Oxnard, we were never like, oh, man, the way they play in Buffalo, you know, in week 15 is really going to define this team. No, this was always about getting to January for this team and getting to the playoffs. And they've done that. They've secured that. Um, and in that same sense, you know, they have – because they know that they're – consistently that good they have the ability to say let's put tony pollard on ice a little bit let's kind of figure things out as we go along because we don't need to run the football at an elite level in november we need to start hitting that stride in late december in january and it does feel like they've timed things a little bit along those lines i think we see that with other teams in the nfl you look at the detroit lions they took a lot of heat for not playing jameer gibbs the rookie out of alabama early on but now, you know, it's big-time big-boy football, and they're playing him every, you know, conceivable <laughs> possible way. And he looks great because he had all that time to rest and get ready. By the way, them not playing him almost kept me out of the fantasy playoffs. But they, 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 Congratulations they, on surviving that. That was, you know, that's a big deal. He, him, Pollard, and Bijan were my running backs, which should have been an easy path to the championship game. But as we know, Bijan and, and Tony Pollard and Gibbs at the first of the season, uh, right. not exactly great starts. RJ, we know how many quarters has it? I forgot the exact number. How many quarters has it been since they've called a holding on someone against Micah Parsons? And what's the over under on the number of quarters it'll be until they actually do? Because it's getting pretty ridiculous. Yeah, um, I think I might be. Uh, you know, I read so many things every day that I'm, I'm surprised how many things kind of hang out in my mind. But I think it's <laughs> 31. Uh, or wow. it was at one point, um, and that that is uh, Michael Gelkin, the Dallas Morning News. He he had a tweet that was something along the lines of what what streak ends first? Uh, Brandon Aubrey sitting on thirty one consecutive field goals, and, and yeah. yeah, and Micah Parsons uh, at thirty one. I mean, 
look, I hate to complain about officiating because I think it's lame when other teams and fans do it. But that is a weird one because it's just kind of like, how is this possible? I mean, we, we know he's getting held. Um, and we also know that holding, you could argue, happens on every play in the NFL. But um, it, it really, I don't think that complaining about it is helping the case. It's, it's just one of these kind of weird, unexplainable, awkward situations. It's just, and it was the most obvious one was, was Josh Allen. that He had a spectacular run, but it started with Micah Parsons being held right at the start of the run and right in front of the ref. It's just like, what has he got to do to get a flag? It, it really is frustrating. I do think that that's the, the one bit of solace you can maybe take in, in the Buffalo losses. I don't want to say that Dallas shot themselves in the foot because Buffalo played an incredible game. And with their playoff lives on the line, I think they deserve sure. a lot of credit for that. Um, but, I mean, the Demarcus Lawrence roughing the passer penalty was, was a little bit ticky-tack. Um, and if that doesn't happen, you know, you hold them to a field goal. Uh, the J. Ron Curse penalty, if that doesn't happen, you know, who knows? Maybe they don't even score. Um, the Sam Williams penalty on the block punt, if you just don't do that, they obviously don't score because that was on a punt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, in a game that Dallas was, was trounced and, and lost by 21, you don't have to move a lot of goalposts to say, you know, maybe you gave them, you spotted them 10 to 13, 17 points, and, and that obviously changes the dynamic of everything. RJ Joe blogging the boys with us here in the press box. And coming up this weekend, you got the Cowboys and the Dolphins. What do you... What do you see in this game? And I know that the next game is the biggest game on your schedule, but how big is this one for the Cowboys that they need to bounce back in this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I, – I don't know if, if within their locker room they're buying the road woes and whatever, but, you know, for what it's worth, and I know that all these things kind of fall on deaf ears the week after you get your teeth kicked in, but they are generally very good at, at bouncing back. They haven't lost two games in a row since Thanksgiving Day 2021. Um, you know, so and that is something that I think Mike McCarthy deserves a lot of credit for, is they're very good at kind of flushing these, these bad days, these bad performances, because they will happen in the NFL, and not letting a game beat them twice. We talked about that after San Francisco, right? Like, don't let the emotion of just getting worked uh, cost you in, in a more significant way. And so I, I do believe in them in that sense. It's obviously tough and honestly kind of, I think, important that it is against a very good team. You know, after San Francisco, they went to play the Chargers. And I know we were all worried about, you know, Justin Herbert and Calamore, but the reality is they stink. And so this is a Dolphins team that is really, really, really good. Um, and I think that the Cowboys are catching them in this kind of, you know, sneaky, weird spot. Maybe the way Dallas was in Buffalo. I don't know if y'all have looked ahead, but Miami's obviously in the race for the one seed in the AFC, mm-hmm. and they host the Baltimore Ravens next week. That's their primary competition for it. So I do think it's kind of, if you're a Dolphins fan, you know, if you can only win one of these two games, you want it to be against the Ravens because that's the one that matters way more, especially because the Ravens visit the 49ers on Monday night football this week on Christmas night. So again, I, I I'm not saying it's 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 just it's a weird game in that it's so important, but it's not quite do or die for the Dolphins. Also, it's obviously not for the Cowboys, given that they've clinched a playoff spot as well. Do you think that the Cowboys have to get out to an early start and lead in this ball game? Because every time we've seen them not be able to take an early lead, they've struggled a little bit. And maybe it's pressing. I don't know what it is, but it's just they play out in front a lot better than they play from behind. 
Yeah, I know that Greg Olson kind of hounded that on the broadcast and did a great job of it because their defense isn't necessarily built to survive when they're in, in these big holes um, because of, you know, teams, you know, ability when, when they do have leads against them to run the ball. And, you know, Dallas just, again, physically isn't constructed that way. And the only game where you can kind of say that they, they did climb out of a hole was that Seattle game. I mean, they, they were down, obviously, at halftime after that crazy end of first half sequence. And then Seattle came out and scored on their first second half possession. And so it really did kind of feel like, well, they just can't do this. And so I, I agree with you. There's certainly logic, I think, to, you know, taking the ball if you win the opening coin toss because you – I don't want to say you're front runners, but you are a much more comfortable operation mm-hmm. driving downhill than up. Yeah, I agree. RJ Ochoa blogging the boys with us here on the press box on ESPN Central Texas. RJ, enjoy the time as always. Thanks so much for stopping down with us. Enjoy the games this weekend and Merry Christmas to you and your family. And we'll talk to you very, very soon coming up in the new year. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm so happy to call you all friends. I hope you and your families have a, a very Merry Christmas, a very safe, happy, blessed holiday, uh, and can't wait to talk to you next week after the Cowboys bounce back. Hey, RJ. RJ. Hey, thank, thanks uh, also for pushing back on, on Ward for his ridiculous stack takes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's I have to hear it every day, and I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> my biggest gripe with Ward is the Rangers thing, but we do not have to talk about that. Thank God we're almost out of this. <laughs> All right, get the polo ready for Monday, RJ. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Y'all have a good one. All right, there he goes. RJ Ochoa, blogging the boys. He's the best, man. He is. There's no better Dallas Cowboys follow anywhere. No, not at all. Than blogging the boys. He does an outstanding job. Always enjoy having him on, and I hope he does have a very Merry Christmas with his family. And we'll talk to him after, hopefully. Cross our fingers, a Cowboys win over the Dolphins. How do you feel about this game with the Dolphins coming up? I don't know how to feel because I've seen them. The Dolphins have a Dallas Cowboys problem. They destroy bad teams, and they get beat by good teams. Mm-hmm. So what happens when the same teams meet? Maybe I guess you would have to give the advantage to Miami because they're at home. Maybe so. And I, Dallas is so bad on the road. But – you don't know the health of Tyreek Hill, and I know they did well last week, but mm-hmm. that was against a bad team. If they don't have Tyreek Hill against the Cowboys, that's pretty. That's, that's going to be pretty significant. That's a problem because they can lock down Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. and then you can move more people into the box to stop Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan, who are incredible running backs, who you're going to have to stop. If they do have Tyreek Hill, then you're going to find out why. Teams have had so much trouble stopping Miami because they have the best wide receiver in the NFL. They have a, another all-pro wide receiver on the other side in Jalen Waddle, And they have two running backs. Uh, Raheem Mostert is tied for the touchdown lead with Christian McCafferty and right. second in yards, I believe. No, he's not in, not in yards. Uh, but he's, he's tied with, with Christian McCafferty with 20 touchdowns this year. And HN can just – make any handoff a house call. Mm-hmm. So uh, they've got a, a really incredible offense. If you're a Cowboys fan, you got to hope that maybe Tyreek Hill takes one more week for that ankle, but I highly doubt it. I think he took last week off because he knew that wasn't going to be a problem for them to win. It wasn't. They blew the Jets out, and I think he'll be back for the Cowboys and should be, fingers crossed, a great shootout between two really good teams, no matter who wins. 
I think so. I but the but the thing for me is again, like I just asked RJ, the Cowboys have to get out in front. They cannot play from behind. No, you're absolutely right, and that was a great point by you. They when when they're feeling it and and they're in front, mm-hmm. they are unbeatable. Like teams aren't going to come back on them. No, they're not. But when they're behind, they just look lost and defeated, and they're not going to come back on you, it doesn't seem like. It so. just seems like you, they're pressing too much to me. Absolutely. That's, that's my opinion. But I, I just feel like this is not a team that's built offensively, defensively, either side of the ball, to play from behind. And you get two scores down, that's a wrap for this football team. They just can't, they can't overcome that. All right, coming up next on the Press Box, we'll visit – with the Alito Bearcats head coach, Robbie Jones, as he wins the 12th, 12th, say it one more time, 12th state championship <laughs> Hello. for the Alito Bearcats. Is that is that the record in Texas? No, I'm that, kidding. Of course yeah. it is. <laughs> there's nobody close, By is there? a long shot. Yeah, there's yeah. nobody close. What is eight next? Maybe eight. I don't. And they've won most of theirs in the last couple of decades. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, Alito hasn't been... I mean, they've been a powerhouse for a long time, but it's just it hasn't been since the '50s or anything like that. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, this is this is a program that's dominated, and they dominated against Smithson Valley in the state championship game. Head coach Robbie Jones joins us in the press box next on ESPN Central Texas. Nikki Collin and the Bears on ESPN Central Texas. The Baylor women headed to Florida and a matchup with Providence in the West Palm Classic this Wednesday. 2 p.m. for the countdown to tip-off. 2.30 tip-off from West Palm Beach, Florida, Wednesday. Tune into Baylor women's basketball with Derek Smith and Lori Fogelman all season long on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, everyone, check this out from D'Amori Fine Jewelers in Waco. D'Amori Fine Jewelers now has their own diamond growing machine right here in their own super lab. Yes, you've always been able to get a better premier diamond for the best price at D'Amori Fine Jewelers, but now they have their own growing chamber. Yes, they still have Earthmine diamonds and a great selection of those too, but now if you're in the market for a lab-grown diamond, this is a game changer because you can now get them directly from the source. No middleman markup and only the very best high color, high clarity, and high transparency material. So you can get an incredibly beautiful diamond at an amazingly low price. Come by D'Amori Fine Jewelers on Waco Drive just past New Road and talk about your dream diamond that will become a reality. D'Amori Fine Jewelers at D'AmoriFineJewelers.com. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. 
Holiday gift giving is now upon us. At Morrison Gifts, we want to give holiday shoppers a break from the crowds. Starting now, enjoy special pricing on select items weekly through Christmas. Brands like John Hart, Consuela, Sweet Grace, and Times Candles. At Morrison's, you'll find home decor, gourmet items, bath and body, baby, and of course, Christmas decor. Let us build the perfect gift basket and remember free gift wrapping. Local delivery is available and shipping anywhere. That's Morrison Gifts at the corner of Valley Mills and Waco Drive, close to Jason's Deli. ESPN Central Texas is your flagship station for Baylor Athletics. Hi, my name is Amanda Cunningham. I am a local realtor that has a passion for people. I've helped clients buy and sell over 80 homes in 2019 and would love to help you buy or sell that perfect home. You deserve to get top dollar for your home. Listing with an experienced agent that specializes in not only promoting your home, but helping you get your home buyer ready is key. I have a team of people around me that make what I do each day possible. If you're searching for that perfect home, your experience should be pleasant and stress-free. Call me today. I want to meet you 254-495-0338 google amanda cunningham realtor with colwell banker apex to find my website facebook and more from our family to yours, La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina wants to thank Central Texas for voting them as the best of Tex-Mex restaurant for 2023. And thank you for the votes for the best of chips and hot sauce, best margaritas, best enchiladas, best queso, and the best tortillas. Making you hungry? Then stop on at La Fiesta Restaurant off Franklin Avenue in Waco. Check them out online at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, where passion is our most important ingredient. Hey folks, Derek Scott here with Jim Turner Chevrolet. Thank you for a record-setting November and make a JTC your number one full-service Chevrolet store. With all of our new inventory, it's starting to look a little like Christmas. At Jim Turner Chevrolet, we also have the largest selection of certified pre-owned and in need for more. So before you spend too much, give us the opportunity to earn your business. Give us a call, 840-3261. And remember, folks, we're only a heartbeat away in McGregor. We'll treat you like family. Find new roads. At UBL Business Services, we recognize that on-prem print servers cost an organization $1,800 to $3,600 annually. With UBO, we are the only dealer in the country that can take print driver deployment, offer secure cloud printing, offer follow me print, scan to myself, and cloud as well as x faxing all to the cloud. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. The moment you see those flashing lights, you think, this can't happen to me. I lost a girlfriend. I lost a job because I was in jail. Learn about the real costs of drunk driving at facesofdrunkdriving.com. Sponsored by TxDOT. Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. We promised you Robbie Jones from the Alito Bearcats. But apparently Ward's a liar, so let's move on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Backing out on promises <laughs> five days before Christmas. Unbelievable. It's all on me. No, he's at a Christmas party, so I'm not going to interrupt the Christmas party. Yeah, that's one thing, especially with, you know, a, a coach who just got through with the season mm-hmm. this weekend. Yeah. You right. know, they're – they're going to be busy, and they're going to forget stuff sometimes. So, you know, we just got to roll with the punches. For any other program, that's like total exhaustion at the end of the season. But right. I think Alito mentally just prepares for 16 weeks of football and every that's, year. That's just amazing. No what Thanksgiving. Been able to do. No. Don't, and we don't we'll do cut it close to Christmas. Yes. 
We'll, we'll be get, ordering all the Christmas presents on Prime. That's right. Two-day shipping. That's that's it's an amazing run that the Lido Bearcats have been on, but uh, we'll get we'll get in touch with him uh, sometime in the uh, near future as well. National Signing Day today just does not have the same juice that it used to have, in my opinion. I I'm can sorry. agree with that. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, I don't. They put out Baylor football put out some tweet last week of seven days out, and I was like. Seven days to what? Right. You know, like I used to know what that date was. I used to know that was National Signing Day. And maybe it's the fact that Bayward just overall does not have a strong class coming in this year. Uh, some good players for sure. But maybe that's it. But, yeah, I don't know. There's not that kind of national attention to it like mm-hmm. there usually is. Now that goes to who, who's going where in the portal versus Signing Day. I, I think so, too. I, I think it makes a huge difference because of the portal that national signing day is just not as exciting as it used to be i think look now we have the early signing period versus the february signing period which february was huge and then they had the early signing day and i think it took all the luster off really the national signing day because there's two days now and it changed it too it changed everything it absolutely did and now you have the wild wild west with the transfer portal which absolutely also changes everything because you got a lot of kids coming out of high school that probably would have got a scholarship somewhere at a Power Five, maybe not a Power Five, maybe, mm-hmm. a, a, but would have had an opportunity to play college football that are not getting that opportunity now, that are now having to go to D2, now having yeah. to go to D3, are now having to go to junior college because... Or some just decide that they don't want to do it they anymore. They don't want to do it anymore. They because, thought, we're, because I'm a Division no, One talent, and I'm no not room. getting that. Yeah. There's no room. We don't have room for you. And I think that hurts. New York City. <laughs> I've always said, and I said it earlier this week, that I wanted to spend, my bucket list is spend a day in New York City during Christmas time. Well, Matt Mosley has trumped me. Mm. He's in New York City living the dream. at Christmas time, living my dream. Matt Mosley joins us here in the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Matt, how are we? I I, I was listening to you guys there for a while. I uh, I thought it, your dream was going to include doing New York City with me, but <laughs> I, I don't. That was not implied. Goes without saying. That was not on your bucket list, but uh, it is it is festive. And uh, I have just, uh, I was texting with you guys a little earlier. I had sat down. I, when I get to this city, I try to find every deli around. <laughs> I try to find pastrami sandwiches. I, I got a pastrami Reuben, you know, with all the, all the fixings, the mud, um, all the other stuff, sauerkraut that comes on the Swiss cheese. And uh, so I'm ready for a winter's nap now. But uh, we'll start to get focused here in a little while because we've got, uh, uh, you know, we're about 18-minute walk from Madison Square Garden right now where the Bears and the Blue Devils are uh, getting ready to get it on. But, uh, um, I, I, guys, I heard you all talk, and I, I, uh, I still get excited about uh, – about signing day, it's just it was it's just I think we've had to recondition ourselves because it was we always it was I mean it's just very strange because I remember doing signing day coverage and Ward you remember this like 
we would be at the Super Bowl. We'd be in the middle of that, and that's when signing day would hit. And for years and years, that was everything. So now you get this early signing day. And, uh, you know, back in the day, the Baylor coaches would sit down with the uh, media and get, meet up at George's or wherever and <clears throat> let you know how great the class was. And they don't seem to do that anymore. So it, it has changed. I would say today – Baylor's had some pretty good news lately, but um, I, last year I can't help but think back. Boy, and Cam certainly remembers this to the the Baylor bowl game and Aaron, of course. And like the only reason we got to talk about signing day was because it happened. It happened during that Fort Worth bowl game, the Armed Forces Bowl, and. Baylor got some really bad news on the quarterback, and it—I mean—it sent it sent our old pal Drake into about a two-month depression. I, Cam's just emerging from that. Yeah, but, I'm still uh, kind of recovering yeah. from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, uh, almost to the point, Matt, where like no news is good news for us, for us Baylor fans on signing day. Oh, good, just everyone yeah. signed. I don't care what the class is ranked, but they all put their name on the dotted line. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I, I've kind of gotten away from – I. there was a situation, and I won't get too into it, but like where Baylor had a chance at an incredible quarterback who was going to end up at a rival school, and they they liked him a lot, and they just didn't have the conviction to offer him. I mean, he wanted Baylor, and they didn't do it. So now – uh, and it's and I it's a it's a big regret because the kid has gone on to become one of the most storied high school quarterbacks of all time. And in fact, y'all were I think getting ready to to uh, talk to his coach earlier. But what's what's made me think differently about the quarterback position is that I don't get so down now if if they take somebody that's not a four star or a five whatever. Like you know, oh my gosh, we got so excited about Novosad. Oh, he's this great blue chip recruit. Like, if they feel great about a kid and feel convicted and offer him early, I can kind of get behind that. It's kind of like in a draft. I mean, Ward, you know, like the, how it goes with the NFL draft sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, my gosh, that team reached. Oh, my God. Well, maybe not. Maybe they just, you know, did their research, felt great about a guy, and and they had convictions and – Maybe the guy, other people had him in the second round, but for whatever reason, they thought he was in the first round. So all that to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep an open mind about the young Bennett kid who's a legacy Baylor kid. And then, of course, they got a 2025 quarterback lined up. I, I thought you guys uh, would love this. I, I saw something yesterday that was like they already are looking at, uh, like the Elite 11 group was getting together, and it was like the 2029 and 2030 uh quarterbacks i mean what are those kids junior high is that seventh grade or what you're not into that matt you're not into that seventh eighth grade quarterback (laughs) prospects no 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 i i uh i'll tell you and, and ward has not been into recruiting as much and of course i i follow it but i'm not i'm not out there trying to call these kids I mean, Cam, you're a little more tied into this kind of thing, and Aaron really follows it pretty closely. But 
I've looked back at my recent notes on the SWC, some old SWC athletes, <laughs> and Ward Ward has the rivals has gone back and changed it. Ward is now a four star. <laughs> uh, it took it took a while for it to happen, but he is now considered a four star so i just wanted to make y'all aware of that <laughs> well thank you i appreciate that yeah don't you think yeah. the game has changed though and high school kids are getting squeezed out just a little bit because of transfer portal nil and i need somebody that can help me immediately and i'll look down the road for a high school kid later yes and it all has a trickle down effect and and, and you know Fewer high school kids are getting opportunities. The old, even award you call those Mary Harden Baylor games, um, you know, they still get a great turnout and get great players. But you know, it, it's a part of that is because the transfer portal at D one makes those oh, guys so. go to D three. I think you're right. I think I think in a weird sort of way, some of those lower or subdivisions. Uh, have benefited in some ways, but yeah, it's uh, I, I, I on one hand, the, the the nice side, like in basketball and somewhat in football, is that, but especially basketball, they these kids can make enough nil money to stick around, and they get older. Well, that that hurts the high school kids because they don't have as many spots for them and all that kind of thing. So right. I, I would say that the quality of college basketball has actually gotten better with the portal. Now, you might hate having to get to know four or five new kids every year, but it, it honestly is uh, – it, it, there's some, like, big-time players because they can make an eye all money that they stay. And in college football, yeah, I, the portal, there's good, good and bad things about it. I, I like it, for instance, when Baylor gets great players, when they get a great quarterback. You know, yeah. I don't like it when it goes the other way and they leave – the people I feel the worst for are are like Aaron and I were talking about this yesterday, is like when UTSA develops and gets some awesome pass rusher who has thirteen to fifteen sacks or something like that, and then uh, our UNT every year UNT has like two or three outstanding players, and they lose them in a sense they're developing and and that's all great. I mean it's fine that they have freedom of movement, but I. The part of it that's kind of nasty is that, you know, the the fact that they're already like Caden Jenkins was Baylor's almost probably their best defensive player on the team as a f- true freshman. I bet, I bet, four or five games into the season, <clears throat> he was being recruited like crazy. Absolutely, and yeah. getting all sorts of offers. Yeah, that's the, that's kind of the nasty part of it. Yeah, and Matt, uh, to finish your point on UNT, by the way, leading passer, leading receiver, leading rusher, all in the portal this year, and have all committed to other places. But you're in New York City. We got Baylor and Duke tonight, Matt. I know there's a sting that's been taken out of it with Baylor's blowout loss on Saturday, and Duke being up and down at seven and three this year. Is does this does this game still have the juice on the ground there in the Big Apple? Well. <clears throat> Over here at Friedman's Diner, you know, I don't, I can't, I'm not getting a great feel for it. But You haven't painted uh, it green and gold yet. Huh? No, no, but I did, it is kind of neat to walk around the city. I had a Baylor toboggan with me, you know, and I, you know, I just, I'm such a, 
I mean, I am. I do want Baylor to win. I root for him, but I still feel a little funny showing up at Madison Square Garden, you know, decked out in my green and gold. So I'm a little bit conflicted. But <laughs> I, I would, there, there are at least a thousand Baylor fans expected. I think once the game gets here, I mean, I'll just say this: I watched on TV recently UConn play somebody at Madison Square Garden, and it was an unbelievable environment. And I think yeah. the Duke people get so excited for stuff like this because it, it's it's all these East Coasters who there's a ton of Duke people, there's a ton of band oh, that's wackers. Cameron North right there, and, man. Yeah, yeah. I and of course they 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 have had that um, oh some of the tournaments over the years that they have here that are that are that just draw huge you know um, the ACC tournament. Thinking about the Big East, obviously, is is huge. So I think there's some some just it's in the dna of this city to love hoops and to most times hate the knicks uh even even though they're even though they're getting a little bit better but i i i really think that uh this has a chance to be pretty pretty cool scene tonight because you're right i don't know if we know what either team is i mean i think i think duke uh, might get one of their their guards back that's been out. They got a couple of yeah, really Proctor, good. Yep. Proctor, he's missed a couple of games. Roach is a good shooter. Phil uh, uh is is the big man. They're not as big. Last year they had Derek Lively the second, who is now on the Mavericks, and and they were better at like defending the rim. They don't really have that. But boy, they'll spread you out and shoot it like crazy. To to me. There's two things happening right now. Can can the Bears do a better job in what could be a real pro Duke crowd, and can they come out with some pride? And I mean that, as as Scott Drew said on on our show, that was just embarrassment. I mean to hear Scott talk like that the other day, he, it's not really like him. He said he basically called he called it a trash performance, and again that doesn't really sound like him, you know. Uh, that sounds like something I might hear on the on the uh, the the Baylor Locked On podcast. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> not to mention any names or anything, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but Scott I was emotional was, on Saturday. <laughs> he was, yeah, yeah, eighty-eight to sixty-four. It was very embarrassing. So anyway, great chance to bounce back and remind everybody how great this program is. But I, I think they are looking at this one. Uh, I think this has been a business trip. The last one time they came to Barclays, they were eating cheesecake and, you know, going out and taking pictures. And, man, I don't think they'll be underneath the tree. I don't think they'll be under at Rockefeller's. I mean, I think this has been major practice. This is this is what kind of mental fortitude uh, do you have? Uh, I mean, and, and well, Ward knows the other saying for that. There's another kind of yeah. There, there's another, and I and I think <laughs> I think that will be tested tonight in a in a pro Duke crowd. Although we'll do our best, we'll do our best. But um, anyway, it'll be uh, it'll be great to be a part of. It'll I think it'll be a neat environment. And I know you guys will be watching. It'll be great to have it on ESPN Central Texas. What a day of basketball with the women mm-hmm. playing Providence and uh, yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, that's going to be a fun day at ESPN Central Texas. Matt Mosley live in New York City. Well, I'm so jealous. Oh, me too. Different reasons, but I'm very jealous. I'm jealous. I had Christmas this game time. circled. I wanted to go to this game in a way my whole life. Yeah, just so jealous. Yeah. 
enjoy the Christmas well, lights, enjoy the snow, enjoy all the games, but know that I'm very jealous of you right now, Matt Mosley. Well, <laughs> I, you'll you'll like this war. This will, this will get you guys in a sentimental holiday spirit. It was 26 years ago today that I stood underneath the Rockefeller Center tree and proposed to my wife. Oh, my wow. goodness. Wow. Burying the lead, Mosley. Wow. And and um, tonight, we will reenact that, perhaps, <laughs> later tonight, <laughs> although our 16-year-old daughter's with us and does not. <laughs> I don't think not all of the night, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I think she's just kind of, yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, but, Matt. Uh, it, yeah, we'll have a big time. But thank you guys for, for having me. You bet. And, uh if you need anything else, I'm, I'll be by the dial. All right. I appreciate it. There he is, Matt Mosley, live in New York City as the Bears get ready to take on Duke. Proposed under the Rockefeller about tree. That's I romantic. Didn't, I didn't know he had it in him. I, honestly, that that's that's some real art from Mosley there. I was just that? thinking my girlfriend would love if I use that as an excuse to bring her to a Baylor-Duke basketball game a quarter century later. Well, there you go. Let's go recreate it. There you go. Uh, that might work. All right. The uh, National Signing Day is upon us. It's not as loud as it normally is, as we were talking about, but you had the opportunity to visit with one local young man. Yep, Jaden Porter, four-star wide receiver, committing to Baylor today. Actually, pretty much as we speak, 1 o'clock is is the time. So we're going to hear from him. He had some interesting things to say, Ward. He really did about this recruiting class and, and how this process has been for him. We've got that coming up. That's next on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Go Cowboys! This is Dallas Cowboys football 2023. Second and goal. Snap to Prescott. Only heard here. Looks left. Slam! Gallup! All season. Touchdown! That was right now. Sunday afternoon, it's your Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. Live from Hard Rock Stadium on this Dallas Cowboys radio network station. It's the Cowboys and the Dolphins. Sunday starting with the pregame at 2 here on ESPN Central Texas. Jeff Hunter Toyota has been part of the Waco community for over 30 years. I'm Amy Hunter, and we believe in its people and we honor its history. We're proud to call Waco home. That's why we support the Baylor Bears, lend a hand to Fuzzy Friends Rescue, and aid the Waco Goodfellas. We also believe in hard work, the value of a dollar, and providing a quality product. That's what you'll find every day when you shop at Jeff Hunter Toyota. Shop Jeff Hunter Toyota. Toyota quality, Waco values. All Around Maintenance is your complete janitorial and construction cleanup service. Whether you're looking for someone to clean your business or you need quick cleanup after a big construction, All Around Maintenance handles the nitty-gritty. We're Real Central Texans, working with your schedule to satisfy your needs since 1996. We'll leave your office, school, restaurant, industrial facility, house of worship, or apartment complex spotless at an honest rate. Visit us today at allaroundmaintenance.net. That's allaroundmaintenance.net. Let us do the dirty work. The flagship station for Baylor basketball is ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 in Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. 
1424 Bistro, located in downtown Waco, has been serving Central Texas for over 20 years. 1424 Bistro, the restaurant that helped create the fine dining experience Waco is best known for. 1424 Bistro provides a unique and fine dining experience so many Wacoans have known and loved for many, many years. 1424 Bistro is dedicated to providing exquisite dishes that are fresh, hearty, and simply unforgettable. Waco's home for good food, wine, and conversation. From fresh seafood, steaks, lamb, to chicken piccata, and of course, let's not forget about some of their incredible appetizers like flaming cheese and calamari, and finish off with their white chocolate bread pudding or creme brulee. Come enjoy dinner at 1424 Bistro in downtown Waco on 1424 Washington Avenue. Come enjoy tonight. Waco Jewelers has exciting news. Our 75% off sale event is back. Yes, you heard it right. 75% off almost everything in the store. Get huge savings on GIA certified diamonds, beautiful wedding rings and wedding bands. Be sure to view our exclusive bridal selection from Gabriel and Company, New York. Each piece a work of art. Plus no interest financing available and trade-ins are welcome. And we'll see you here at Waco Jewelers. Under the spinning diamond. From the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Talking with Jaden Porter here on Locked on Baylor and ESPN Central Texas. And Jaden, uh, talking to you on signing day, you're putting pen to paper. How does it feel to officially be a Baylor Bear? Uh, it feels good. You know, I've been waiting for this moment a long time and it's finally here. So uh, all thanks to God. Yeah. And you're obviously a local product, Lorena, which for those of you who don't know, aren't from the area. It's a, it's a suburb of Waco. It's right next door. And you committed after your sophomore year and have stuck with that commitment. Now, a lot has happened uh, at Baylor in the last year and a half since you first made that commitment. So was there any doubt of, of looking anywhere else or were you kind of steadfast in this Baylor, this Baylor decision? You know, I mean, any, any, person that wants to be a football player wants to win you know and obviously the thought of my mind yeah I thought about going somewhere else but it's more generally as you know trusting the process you know um Baylor isn't like people that don't care about you so that's really what like is keeping me here is they care for you and you know as a person not just as a football player and you know the season you know we didn't do so well but that's why we're here change it all up so you know um i've been here with them for two years now and i'm just you know ready to start it off and get it going for sure. And obviously a player of your talent that that those calls are going to come either way, no matter what record Baylor has, uh, those calls are going to come to you. And you mentioned that 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 coaching staff kind of caring for you as the person rather than just the player. We, we hear that all the time, the person over player, and we hear it from recruits all the time. So what I'm kind of wondering is, is how is that shown? How, how do they show that that they care for Jaden Porter, the person first? Uh, you know, just hit my phone up all the time, checking in on me, make sure I'm doing good. Uh, you know, 
the whole staff, they texting me for, I don't even know, at least two months. I say every other week, they would, the whole staff would text me, uh, ask how I'm doing. Um, it's just a family thing. Like you just feel the connection and like it's really family tied to this and not just go out here and play football. Yeah, and and when you first get interest from Baylor, now this is going back to your your sophomore year here. What is that feeling like? Where you know it's it's one of the first offers. It's your hometown team, essentially. It's right next door. Uh, does that kind of set in that that you know you're going to be playing major college football when you get that call from Baylor? Oh yeah, um, it's just just being ready, uh, not coming in there with like you know starting from the beginning you know going in there i'm doing conditioning training i'm doing everything getting ready to prepare for the college football atmosphere you know i don't know i just think that the more the more you prepare yourself the more you be ready for what's going to happen so i'm just i'm just excited that i have the opportunity to go play football at baylor so and growing up in Lorena, were you a Baylor fan at all? I know you're close to the program, but was this something you kind of envisioned for yourself as a kid? Oh, yeah, I've been a fan since I was little. I have like a little football picture. I had Baylor on. I had, uh, you know, I had all the gear on, you know, Baylor, Baylor dripped down since I was little. So, you know, it's just a dream come true. But I also worked for this. So, you know, yeah. job's not finished. For sure. And, and I would love to have you take me into this process a little bit more. Uh, you know, we mentioned it that no matter what Baylor did this year, you were going to get other phone calls being, being a four-star guy, you know, you're going to get the phone calls. And so what, what has this been like from the time you committed after your sophomore year till now, in terms of just the circus, is this, is this getting phone calls and, and emails and letters every week or so, or, or what has this been like? You know, just staying committed. Uh, yeah, the texts, the messages, the phone calls are going to come your way. It's just if you want to stay committed or you want to have everything loose and open. You know, I was just, you know, I'm locked in with Baylor. I was locked in since yeah. sophomore year. So, you know, it's just finding what you want. You know, some people decommit right before the day of uh, commitment. So, you know. It's just, I, I, I like better, I love it, um, yeah. and this is where I want to be, so it's just all the other all the other places, they'll text you, hit you up, but, you know, it's about staying true to your, your time and your place, so. Awesome, awesome, and, and just one last point on that was, you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of people do, they, they decommit and they flip somewhere else at the last minute, so was it even crazier this week? Did you, did you get hit up a lot this week specifically? Yeah, I got a couple of text messages, but, you know, I wasn't paying on my time. You know, I'm already locked in, so uh, it's just having a strong heart, you know. Uh, they can offer you a bunch of stuff, give you, try to get you to come there, offer you this and that. It's whatever, it'll, whatever comes down to your heart and your mind, so, you know, and that was Baylor for me. Yeah. And talking to Jaden Porter, four-star Lorena wide receiver who is committing to Baylor. And, and Jaden, I got to watch you quite a bit throughout your high school career. But for those who haven't, kind of describe what your what your game is, what you are trying to be out there on the football field. Uh, just fast. Like I'm out there. You know, you you got that covered, you watch, man. You got that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you out there watching football, you just want to see like. How, how fast people are, you know? When you watch and you see somebody really fast out there, you're like, oh, you get your attention quick. So then we put all everything else to it, the moves, 
the the flashiness, the the catches, everything. It just makes you a better player. So it's just you know going out there and putting a show on for everybody because that's what people want to come see a show. They don't want to come there and see nothing going on. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and when you watch college football games now, you know, obviously knowing that you're, you're headed to that next level pretty soon here. Is there anything specifically in your game that you were looking to, to work at to, to kind of get to that college level and, and hit the ground running? Um, I would probably say just crispy in my routes up. Uh, I mean, I got the speed and speed is not hard to work on. I work on that a lot. So uh, the more I work on the uh, quick movements, the quick ladders, everything that's going to build my speed up. I'm just more worried about getting off the route, separation, all that, to really build my character of a wide receiver. Awesome, awesome. And, and tell me about, you, you kind of mentioned this earlier, but tell me about your interactions with, with head coach Dave Aranda. I, I know you're mostly talking to position coaches and coordinators when you're being recruited, but obviously coming out for, for junior days and spring games and all that. What has your relationship been like with, with Coach Aranda? I mean, it's awesome. It, it, it's no different than any other coaches. I, they feel all the same. It's not like he's, you know, he's higher up, but in my eyes, it's just the same, same as all the other coaches. And he shows that. He shows that he shows the same love, the same, I'm not bigger than you, um, this and that. He shows you that he's for you and he's there to make you a better person. So, I mean, the connection between us has been real good. Nothing. Nothing too crazy, nothing like iffy. You know, you can tell when somebody, you know, a vibe from them, you know. Mm -hmm. But I've got nothing but good vibes from him, and I, I love him as a coach, so. It's good. We love to hear that. We love to hear that. And, and thinking about just uh, the new facilities and everything that's going up at Baylor for you as a, a recruit who has a seen a lot of this stuff develop in your time in Lorena, you know, obviously McLean stadium going up less than 10 years ago and all the facilities that are getting built, some that are getting built still now, does that show to you a recruit? Does that show just a commitment to this football program from a university that can now rival with the facilities of some schools that are a lot bigger than them yep yep it just shows you how how all things can change you know Baylor didn't have all the flashy uh buildings all the athletic training and working all the new basketball everything they didn't have all that back then so it's just getting progression over time getting better so it's all about you know having that having that patience with everything you know that's all gonna come into place yeah. And I'm always curious about you guys from the same recruiting class. Do you, do you like keep in contact and uh, with, with, with some of these guys who are also committed to Baylor? I know you got to play Adam Schobel, who's in the next class committed to Baylor in the playoffs. Uh, we won't talk about it from Columbus's standpoint, but uh, you got to pick him off once, but knowing the, these other guys who have committed for this 2024 class, do you have a relationship with any of those guys? Oh yeah, all of them. Uh, we got a, a whole group chat set up um, about okay. all the 2024 commits. We got a group chat. We all talk. You know, uh, we've been talking here a lot lately because we're about to get there. So we're all just you know excited, uh, seeing who we're rooming with, and just you know when we had a bad season this year, everybody was talking about it. We ain't have nobody wanted to decommit or any of that. We just talk about changing it, making it better. And when we get here, it's not going to be like this. So that's right. it's, that's what I like to see. As in if, you know, I know a lot of people that is going to be on a winning team or wants to be on a winning team. And when they get on a losing team, they can't handle that. So they got to go somewhere else, you know. 
uh, maybe enter the transfer portal, decommit. Uh, but all the people uh, commits in my group chat, we've been talking about making it better. So that's what I like to hear. I like to hear that too, for sure. And, and I know you've stayed steadfast in your commitment that from what we talked about earlier, sounds like that was not going to be changed, but you talked about it there. I mean, some guys, when they see a three and nine record, they, they want to go somewhere else. And and with the transfer portal, what it is today in college football, you see a ton of that for players who are, are already on the team. So did that surprise you that, that this group that you're with in the 2024 class is talking about staying and, and making this all better. Did that surprise you at all? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's that's what really gives me insight. Like, man, we can be something. We can be something really great. We can go back and wind up a championship, Big 12 championship. So I just feel like we, we keep on working, trust the process. It's, it's going to happen. For sure. And, and talking about your game specifically here, I know it was kind of an up and down senior year for you. You, you battled some injuries. Uh, you made some plays on, on defense in that playoff run that, that you and the Leopards had. So what did what did this season teach you in terms of having to rehab a little bit, get back to full strength and, and really put in that work uh, for, for what was a pretty darn good Lorena team this year? I would say uh, just having a different standpoint of – being out there as a senior then like maybe a junior a sophomore it's a different role like everybody a senior as a senior is a leader in their own way you don't have to be named a leader to be a leader out there so i learned that you know it's gonna be hard times and you're gonna have to face adversity once you know like you're down in the game maybe you're down two touchdowns well what are you gonna do you're gonna keep going or you're gonna you know lay over and say, oh, maybe we don't got this. Or say you got this and keep fighting. So it just really taught me a lot about, you know, just being a leader and, you know, going into college life, college ball, you know, it's just going to be a lot different as me being, I can be one of those leaders, but also I'm not a higher classman. I don't have to, you know, do this and that. I can tell people, you know, I can give them my insights of what I see. They can give me their insights. You know, we're all grown here. So it's like, you know, you help me, I help you. We're trying to get to the same place. It's talking. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I just, I don't know. I just seen that Lorena football did great for me. So it's just, I'm just ready to start the new journey. Yeah, and, t- and talking with four-star recruit Jaden Porter, the freshly minted Baylor Bear, and not to get too much into high school football here, but I think this will be great for our Baylor listeners too. And and that was just talking with with your coach Kevin Johnson uh, before this playoff run, and and he was singing your praises in terms of those little things that you do that you were kind of just mentioning there, you know, even when you weren't at hundred percent being a great decoy, being a great blocker, becoming a better route runner and that helping other guys on the team. So do you think that's, those are things that you will carry over with you to the college game, even though you might not be starter day one right away? Oh yeah. It's a must. Uh, little things like that can make a big change in the game. It could be, uh, you know, one block can change the whole game. You can win the whole game off of just one block, you know? Uh, just doing everything as a team is what is going to make us be great, you know? There's no individual around here. So I like to help my team. When my teammates do great, it makes me feel great because we did it together. It wasn't just him making a run without no blocks because it's, it's, it's almost impossible to have no blocks at that level and make a touchdown. So Pretty tough. <laughs> 
is yeah. it? And, and last thing for me, you know, you, we were talking about that that whole recruiting class that's coming in for 2024, and you see the rankings. It, it's mostly a, a quantity thing. There's not a ton of guys that are on the signing board for Baylor, but you've mentioned the character that they have, and I think that could be a huge difference. So, what is something that you want to say to Baylor fans about you and your recruiting class coming in next year? You know, uh, they're already ready to work. Uh, we've been texting each other right as we got there, right where we move in, we already getting to work. So, uh, you know, the big change coming. Uh, Baylor fans, we love y'all. We're going to get right this season. So, you know, these next four seasons, you know, next, all seasons, <laughs> there, we're, we're going to make a change here. So I'm just glad we're all together. I'm glad that I have a good class that I'm coming with, and I'm just ready to make something happen. Jaden Porter there talking to us. Good interview. Thought it was Lots a of little, stuff. Well, thank you. Lots of stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you. I liked the point about blocking. he was very blocking. honest. Yeah, I that, love that's that. what I was going to say. I mean, he was he was candid about it. You know, he's he's not living in fantasy land or trying to make us live in fantasy land. I ask him, you know, it's a, it's a tough season for Baylor, and especially he commits after the 21 season, mm-hmm. right? So everything has gone downhill for Baylor on the football field since then. And he says, yeah, of course I think about other places. You know, other other coaches are calling me and texting me all the time. I thought about it, but I want to be here at Baylor. And that's that's the first step. If Dave Aranda is going to salvage the culture that he and, and the athletic department say they have in, in inside this locker room. Uh, but the kid's a player. I, he's He's got some bulking up to do, uh, but he's he is a burner and I think can be a big play guy for the Bears. Maybe not next year, but but down the road here. Should be a lot of fun to keep an eye on. He's a heck and of a player at Lorena, too. I, you know, having local kids being able to stay local, yes. that's always special to me. That's something that Dave's really struggled with, too. Yeah, if that, if they could keep the best local athletes, it would improve their roster. Yeah, leaps and I mean, we look at a five-star this year in Micah Hudson right. at Lake mm-hmm. Belton. I know Ward knows him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a chance to do a profile story on him, and I kind of asked him off the air, and I was like, did Baylor factor into this? And he's like, not really. Now, five-star, you don't think Baylor right away. But no disrespect, Ward. He's going to Tech. Okay? It's not, well, it's, he's, it's not like he was nailed on UT, Alabama, Florida, and that was it. Right? I mean, the kid has an open mind, and he is stuck with Tech. And that's their biggest recruit ever. Mm-hmm. And Baylor, less than a, an hour away from where he lives, just wasn't even, wasn't even part of it. They well, had a four-star corner on that team, too. Wasn't, Baylor wasn't a part of his recruitment. He's going to Arkansas. And look at Kobe Black from Conley. You know, Kobe mm-hmm. Black, yes. Signed with Texas today. I don't even know if that's, he's ever mentioned the word Baylor. I don't know. And that's, yeah, that's what, three miles from campus? Yeah. Conley, Conley yeah. High School? And we, I saw him in his sophomore year, and I don't think Baylor was even part of the discussion then. It was Oklahoma State, and, and I think Oklahoma had shown some interest. He ends up going to UT, just signed the other day. So that's something that this regime has really struggled with. And, you know, you're not in Austin or Dallas where you can just get your whole team from there, but that's where it's got to start. If Baylor can bring in these local kids, they'll do okay. They won't have many three and nines, but that's what they have not been able to do. One of the many things they have not been able to do. I, I think it's it's something that you have to put a mindset and focus on instead of just expecting it to happen for yeah. you. And just expecting it to, oh, it's a local kid, so he's going to look at us first. May not be the ah. case. You got to convince them. Why should I stay at home? Because these kids, make no mistake about it, 
They want to get out of home. Right, right. They want to. Go. They want something else. Yes, they want to go somewhere else. They want to. They want that opportunity to go to Lubbock or go to Austin. Yeah, I was going to say that. even if they do, but, if they do want to stay close, them, Austin's close. You yeah, know? but convince them to why you should stay in the local zip code. And sometimes that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. But sometimes that's the best thing to do is cultivate your home surroundings, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I I get it. There there are some kids that won't consider Baylor just because they're ready to leave home Mm -hmm. and leave Central Texas. And I get that, too. But you got to at least be in on the top guys, don't you? you got to be at least on their list. You have to. I would think you have to Especially with how competitive Texas is. You know, I mean – it, you're you're not going to beat out most recruiting battles still with with UT and A and M. You're just not. So you've got to focus on that on that your subsection here. TCU does a lot better. Now I get it. Fort Worth and the Metroplex is more That's of a, a bigger hot draw for sure, for sure. But they nail that. Haas mm-hmm. Haney, Alito mm-hmm. going to TCU. Yes, one of the best quarterbacks in all of Texas this year. He's right in their back door, backyard, and and they made no mistake about it. And no, they locked him down and said, this is the guy we want. Yeah, and to, all that to say, that is kind of what Baylor did with Jaden Porter. But And while I love Jaden Porter and, and watch his game, I think he's going to be a good player for Baylor, It's that's one guy. Mm-hmm. And I look at someone like a, a, a Cash McCollum, the quarterback at, at uh, China Spring, signed on with UNT today. He was a, I mean, he was a Division I prospect from the time he was a sophomore. Right in Baylor's backyard, Sean Bell's alma mater. Nothing. Nothing. And it's just, it's too bad because there is enough talent here that Baylor could increase their pedigree and could really save Dave Aranda's butt recruiting-wise just by getting these Central Texas kids in. Baylor did get one uh, new addition to their signing class. Um, so. Montana, it's a transfer. Yes. But, uh, Montana State offensive lineman Omar Agbedion, excuse me, Omar Agbedion. He did better than I did on that last From thing. Montana State. Oh. Um he had offers from BYU, Texas Tech, Arizona State, and a few other schools. But he is 6'3", 308 pounds, originally from Katy, Texas, and he has signed with the Bears today. The number two guard graded on PFF in the FCS last year. We'll take it. So, nice. Look, I know the FCS <laughs> guy, but that that's a kid who can play. And yeah. he's a Katy kid, like you said, so he's Texas, Texas native. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can come in and he can play for you right away. And that's what you're Based looking for, that. right? Yep. Yep. I mean, I think that if you're going to build it the way that everybody else has built it, you got to find some of those. Yeah. And you you do have to, in my opinion, still have to dig deep and 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 put your claws into the high school recruiting as well. Right. And have those relationships. Right. I just think you do. Because it, the reason they got they're going to have guys that come in right away is because they've dug themselves a hole with the last few classes. Right. In terms of depth, big time. So yeah, it's not like hey, we're gonna just hit the portal like to what you said there. I mean, you've you've still gotta focus in on the high school classes here. It, it's too good a recruiting base to not do that. You have to, it, and and I think it's it's making it tough. It's really making it tough for some of these high school kids, as we mentioned earlier. They're just not getting the same opportunities, and maybe that's why we see a team like Harding for the first time go win a national championship and set the NCAA record for rushing because they have some kids that could probably play in Power 5 conferences, but they're not getting that opportunity 
because of what's happening with NIL and transfer, and you see it trickle down to a team like Harding, which came out of nowhere to win a national championship. Or you see UMHB, North Central, and teams like that continue to have their opportunities to have those deep runs because they've got kids that could probably play Power 5 or FCS at least. And now those opportunities are just not there because you've got all these guys that are going from coast to coast and changing where they're going to play. And to your point, like that never used to happen. Never. Like the FCS – the only school that could do that was North Dakota State. They were Absolutely. the only ones that could get legitimate, you know, FBS, sometimes Power 5 talent to come and play there. Mm-hmm. And they were under-recruited or whatever the case may be, and that's why they, they ran Diamonds in the rough. They right. just got overlooked. Yeah. And, and now you're starting to see the playing field get evened out a little bit at that level, mm-hmm. you know, of, of other schools. That are, I mean, I talked about the quarterback a couple weeks ago, but Holy Cross was in the FCS semifinals last year. You know, Montana State and Montana have great teams again. And so you're starting to see that at that level too. And conversely, what we just started on with Baylor is you're now seeing those kids have enough on tape that they're like, yeah, I've always been a Power 5 player or I've always been an FBS player, and now I'm going to go prove it. So you're going to see that with, with Baylor, with this guard. You're going to see it with the quarterback at, at, uh, at, at uh, Holy Cross, wherever he decides to go. He's got some major offers, including LSU in there. So uh, it's going to even the playing field out on those lower levels, like we say, and I think you're going to start to see overlap on both sides of those of those players going either way. It's a trickle-down effect. Yeah. It just really is. And it's weirdly, it's so weird that it's going to, we think that it's going to kill some of those smaller and power five schools, but it's going to be huge actually, for the Hardings and yes. and, and, and the, I guess, Coastal's FBS now, but those kinds of schools that are going to really benefit. It just that. makes them that much better, yeah. in my opinion. And it's, look, it's good football. Yeah. Make no mistake sure about is. it. Yeah. It's good football. And because of the fact that they're getting those players that they probably 10 years ago wouldn't have been able to get. No whatsoever wouldn't have been on the doorstep no we've never been able to get them but now they're getting them because there's just not enough room when you have a thousand guys on the first day of the transfer portal opening up you have a thousand guys jump in it where's the (laughs) room where are they all playing where where are they all going yeah yeah i mean there's just not enough room for everybody and so it makes those other divisions that much better and i'm okay with that a little bit yeah I yeah. really am. If that if that's going to be the downside of that, I could take that. We're going to see some more downside in FBS and Baylor, but like, good for them. It is yeah. good. For, it is good for the sport. You'll start to see guys from these smaller colleges and lower levels in in the NFL too. Absolutely, you see him, you you're see right. A you're one hundred percent right. Dozen. Yeah, and it's it's more in football. And I know Matt mentioned it in basketball, but it's more in football than it is basketball. Absolutely. Basketball is always kind of been teetering on this anyway without the transfer portal because the one and done mm-hmm. yep. and yeah. that's it's just a different animal when it's basketball plus there's a lot less numbers that you have to have right and there needs to be some more individual shine in basketball does it there there does you know there just does you just need you just need the ball more in basketball to, to stand out versus so many positions in football you don't ever have to touch the ball to that's right that's right it's a whole different animal. Speaking of basketball, 
We've got the Lady Bears coming up as they are going to take on Providence coming up in here in just a little while. And then, of course, as you heard from New York earlier in our show, Matt Mosley is in New York. I'm jealous. Still upset about that. I can hear that. the Sinatra playing in the background uh, as he walks around the city. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm jealous. Red but the, the Bears taking on Duke coming up. We'll have all the action for you right here on ESPN 1660. And Cameron, you're taking off. I'm taking off. I'm going to be a traveled man. I'm going to, I'm going to be here, be in here. I'll be available, but I'll be taking off. I'll be jet setting okay. these next couple of weeks. All right. Christmas is starting. It is. Big time. It's that time. Merry <laughs> Christmas. I appreciate it. Safe travels to you. Aaron and I will be well, back boy. here tomorrow, and uh, we will have uh, a little more high school football to talk about tomorrow as well. Plus, we'll get into some Cowboys, and we'll talk about the uh, Bears, how they did today. We got Baylor basketball coming your way. Men's and women's, a doubleheader right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Cameron and Aaron, I'm Ward White. So, until next time, so long, everybody. Baylor Bear Basketball, all season long, here on ESPN Central Texas. It's on to New York for the Bears and the Duke Blue Devils this Wednesday. 5.30 for the countdown to tip-off. 6 p.m. tip-off Wednesday. Join Baylor Athletics Hall of Famer Pat Nunley and the voice of the Bears, John Morris, for Baylor Bear Basketball, right here on ESPN Central Texas. At CMC Auto Group, we don't have a popcorn machine in the lobby or any other crazy gimmick to get you in the door. I'm Justin Kramer. When you walk in, you will be greeted by me or Julio. We have been selling quality, pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs for the last 20 years by offering upfront best cash price to save you time and money. At CMC Auto Group, I want to invite you to come by Highway 6 and Imperial, shake my hand, and see what makes us different. Ask for Casasa Checking. It's our superpower. First Central Credit Union pays 5% APY on your checking account. There's no penalty in this game. Get great returns while having complete access to your cash. Get in motion with First Central's reward checking that refunds ATM fees nationwide. Enjoy an automatic savings feature that pays you too. It's a snap to apply online at firstcentralcu.com. Everything we do, we do for you. Eligibility and qualifications apply. APY annual percentage yield. Member NCUA. Does the thought of